Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey there, so happy to join with you today. Truly is a delight. I love that we're transcending time and space this way. I speak to many people who listen to this radio show and uh, I feel such a connection. When I'm sharing in the actual broadcast, I feel such a connection. And... Uh, I know you do too, and that's a wonderful thing. It truly is. It's a healing thing. And I'm glad we're doing our healing work together. So thanks for joining with me today. Whatever today is for you. (laughs) So let's begin as we always do with a prayer and a blessing. We open our heart. We open our mind. I place my hand on my heart to remind myself that I'm wholeheartedly available for healing, for partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remembering and recognizing that my true nature, our true nature, our true identity is already perfect, whole, and complete. We're already as holy as holy can be, and this is our spiritual destiny to remember. We are grateful to allow ourselves to have a healing by means of this divine dialogue with spirit. Here and now we are dedicating ourselves to having a healing. We're making an offering of the blocks to love, and we're opening ourselves to pure inspiration, the clarity of love flowing through our heart and in our mind, truly grateful to let go of the past Yes, we're healing the past in the present moment. We're grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our choice for healing with everyone because we're one with them. So deeply grateful and thankful to let the healing be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. (sighs) Well... We are in the midst of the Living a Course in Miracles classes, if you haven't heard. Uh, We've got these free classes going on right now. I did a wonderful class with Jimmy Twyman yesterday on the power of prayer, and I've got my homework class today. All these classes are free for you, so I do hope you'll take advantage of them and share them. And we are uh, transcribing them so you can get the free downloads and the transcripts at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Yes, and we have another series that we did a few months ago, and that series is also free, all the downloads, all the transcripts. And so please go and enjoy these. And I'm also going to make a plug for the A Course of Miracles app. The Course of Miracles app, uh, which is for um, uh, all... Apple devices, well, the phones and the iPads. And we are costing out, embarking on the um, making it for Androids. So apps are uh, costly adventures, and uh, so your donations make these projects possible. And thank you very much. So just updating you with those goings-on. So our topic today, healing the past in the present. Healing the past in the present. This is such a big thing. And for me, because I know I used to spend a lot of time ruminating about the past and resenting the past and reacting to the past long after it was over. Long after it was over. Oh my gosh. And I still have some things I'm working through. I definitely do. But 
not not a lot anymore. And so what that does is it gives me all my energy back to make loving choices in the present moment. So I'm glad that Spirit guided me to talk about this with you. And uh, it's interesting. I uh, We're going to talk about uh, Chapter 28, which is entitled The Undoing of Fear. And by the way, I just did two classes on living without fear in the um, Living a Course of Miracles series, so you can grab those. And um, so Chapter 28 in the text is The Undoing of Fear. We're going to look at Section 1, The Present Memory. But... Spirit guided me just to go back a little bit to the end of chapter 27 and remind us what what's really going on here when we're reviewing the past, okay? So, A Course of Miracles tells us that our experience that we're having in this world, even though it seems so real, so visceral, right? We feel so much physically, emotionally, so much intensity mentally the what we're doing actually is we're reviewing things in a dreamlike state it's an illusion projected by our mind and we're reviewing it we're reviewing it now this is something that uh, we sometimes can't even wrap our mind around that it's an illusion. However, our willingness to know that it's an illusion is our healing. It's, and we can have a much greater healing if we're willing to recognize this is, in fact, an illusion. It is, in fact, a dream. And it says, right at the end of chapter 27 in paragraph 10, the secret of salvation is but this, that you are doing this unto yourself. No matter what the form of attack, this is still true. No matter what the form of the attack, this still is true. That We are doing it to ourselves. Whoever takes the role of enemy and of attacker still is this the truth. So, no matter if we're to just to make the graphic point, if we're being attacked, physically attacked and harmed what by what seems like someone else. What he's saying here is we're doing it to ourselves. The attack is in a dream. We're the dreamer of the dream. And it says very clearly, whatever seems to be the cause of any pain and suffering you feel, this is still true. We're doing it to ourselves. For you would not react at all to figures in a dream you knew that you were dreaming. So once you wake up from the dream, are you angry at the figures in the dream for the things they did to you? So let's say you have a dream where you're you're being molested or you have a dream where you're being attacked, a dream where you're being betrayed, a dream where you're being disrespected, a dream where you're being ignored, a dream where you're not being appreciated, a dream where something you feel is horrible or despicable is happening. When you wake up from the dream, will you be mad at the figures in the dream who seemed to do those things to you in the dream? No. You won't be mad at them. Why? Because they don't really exist. It's not really happening. This is the fundamentals of A Course in Miracles. And for most of us, it's really something we can only intellectually entertain. It's really pretty challenging 
to wrap our mind around it. And for me, when I came up to this realization, I just said, well, I don't know how to comprehend it. So I'm not going to try. This has been my strategy with the Holy Spirit is to get out of trying to understand things and to simply allow myself to be led and guided to knowing, to the remembering, to the awakening awareness. Yes. So I invite you to do that, to actively say to the Holy Spirit, to the I Am Presence, to the higher mind that you truly are, I'd like to understand that this is an illusion. I'd like to understand it. You see, that that is the first step in healing our mind about the past in the present moment, is that willingness to understand that nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists, is that willingness to have the Holy Spirit show us and to ask to be shown. Because what it says in the Course again and again is the reason why we love the memories even of the things that were so hurtful and so painful and we don't put them down is we love them because we made them. And as long as we keep them alive in our mind, we're keeping that which we made alive. We love it because we made it. We cherish it because we invented it. We created it. But it's nothing, and it's hurting us. So let's put it down. Let's let it go. This is a supreme act of self-love. I've been thinking about self-love so much because I'm getting ready for this self-love retreat in Thailand in a few weeks. And you can still join us. I, I checked recently. The airfares are unbelievable. Got a beautiful resort in Thailand. And that's a, a beach resort. We're going to have such a good time. Healing our mind. Loving ourselves free. Indeed, indeed. So... It says here, For you would not react at all to figures in a dream you knew that you were dreaming. Let them be as hateful and as vicious as they may be. They could have no effect on you unless you failed to recognize it is your dream. Wow. Wow. So, can we... Move into that higher space of willingness to say, okay, it is a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. Life is but a dream. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you comprehend it, to help you recognize it, to help you remember it, to help you bear witness to it. And since without that help of the higher self, from the ego perspective, we can't comprehend it. It's incomprehensible from an ego's perspective. So I say, why try and comprehend from the ego when it's not possible? That's not helpful to me. So instead, calling upon the Holy Spirit to help me. But consider this. If you were willing to really accept that all these experiences are in a dream and we can wake up from the dream and realize that everything we think has been done to us has not been done to us. But everything that we think we've done or has been done to us has in some way, taught us something. We've discovered something. We've learned something. Our mind has more insight, more clarity. We're more clear about the value 
value of love and the power of love through choosing unloving choices. We learn through contrast, so we picked this world of contrast to learn in. It's not an error, it's not a mistake, it's a wonderful divine opportunity. The error that we make is when we think that it's real, that it's eternal, it has a lasting effect, but it doesn't. It's it's very much like if you were to play some kind of a video game in which you hurt other people and you were wounded and hurt and at the end during the game you're feeling upset, you're feeling afraid, you're feeling thoughts of revenge and jealousy and anger as many people do playing video games. But then when the game is over, it's forgotten. Because it has no lasting impact. It's an alternate reality that's fake. It's a virtual reality. We're living in a virtual reality. So, what would your day be like? And what would you do differently if you knew you were living in a virtual reality? What could you not accept? If you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past and present and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good and it's a virtual reality. How would you plan your day? What would you invest your attention in? What would you change? Would you still think about the past if you knew they were figures in a dream in an alternate reality? Would you still be obsessed about the past if you knew that all of this is but figures in a dream? It's an alternate reality. It's a diversion. It's a journey, it's a side road, but it's not our main journey. Think of the story of the prodigal son. The father welcomes the son back. There's nothing in the story about saying, so, hey, you squandered your inheritance, so now we're in trouble financially, and we need, there's no conversation like that. In that parable. Simply the father welcomes the son home. Glad you're here. We're throwing a party. We're celebrating. It's all good. There's there's no focus on the son telling about his journey or reliving his journey. or There's no part of the story where the son is tortured with guilt for what he did. Once he comes home, all's well. With the son, all's well with his parents. Same is true for us. So, what requires for us to live in peace is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the tool that allows us to have a healing in the present moment about the past. Now, in chapter 28, it starts off by saying, The miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo, and thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done. It does not add, but merely takes away. And what it takes away is long since gone. But being kept in memory appears to have immediate effects. The world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it are no longer in the mind that thought of them and loved them for a little while. The miracle but shows the past is gone, and what has truly gone has no effects. Remembering a cause can but produce illusions of its presence, not its effects. So the miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo. So the miracle, which is that realization that we're not separate, the miracle undoes what our 
the effects of our belief in separation. That's what the miracle does. It cancels out the interference to what has been done. It does not add, but merely takes away. So the miracle dissolves and resolves our attachments to the past. So think about when you feel like you need a miracle. Okay? You feel like you need a miracle, a miracle healing. You're going over and over the past hurts in your mind, obsessively thinking about them, something I used to do, over and over and over again, thinking about the hurts of the past, reliving the hurts of the past. So painful. It's re-experiencing the same hurts again and again and again, making them more real and more real. And more real. Requires so much of our attention and energy. So let's say you're in that position. And you realize it, that you're torturing yourself. And you can, in that moment, say to the Holy Spirit, I'm done with this. There's a better use of my life energy. I do not have to hold vigil for the past. No one has to hold vigil for the past. Because it just simply does not exist. And what happened, we can learn from it, we can bring benefit from it, we can heal from it, but only when we forgive. And what is forgiveness? It's releasing the meaning we made of it. It's releasing our interpretation. And how do we do that? We don't know, but we can say to the Holy Spirit, I don't know how to have a healing, but I know that the Holy Spirit does. And so I give all the heavy lifting to you. I'm willing to stop valuing these memories. So the memories are the block to love. The world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it are no longer in the mind that thought of them and loved them for a little while. The miracle but shows the past is gone, and what is truly gone has no effects. So when we're suffering over the past, it's the effect of keeping those memories alive. But why keep them alive? I know I used to keep them alive thinking, if I don't keep these alive then I could be blindsided by the same kind of thing happening to me again. But think about this. The things that happened to us in the past, the painful past, the challenging past, the difficult past, were part of the all things are lessons God would have me learn. They were comic opportunity, karmic opportunities. Well, comics, yes, maybe karmic opportunities to have a healing about the past. Now, if what we do with our, (coughs) excuse me, painful experiences of the past, I need to take a sip of my spiritual espresso here. If what we do about the past is we hold it in a space that it keeps happening again and again and again in our mind. We're the ones who are torturing ourselves. And that's why the Course tells us the secret of salvation is but this, that you are doing this unto yourself. No matter what the form of the attack, this is still true. Whoever takes the role of enemy and attacker, still is this the truth. Whatever seems to be the cause of any pain and suffering, you feel, this is still true. For you would not react at all to figures in a dream you knew that you were dreaming. Let them be as hateful and vicious as they may be, but could have no effect on you, unless you fail to recognize It is your dream. So when we're torturing ourselves with the memories of the past, thinking that somehow we're protecting ourselves, 
it would be like stabbing ourselves and saying, I'm protecting myself from being wounded by somebody else by stabbing myself. No one's going to start stabbing me if I'm already stabbing myself. Let me keep stabbing myself so I remember what these wounds feel like so I'll avoid having them in the future. It's kind of like that. Right? It's that expression that resentment is like drinking poison, thinking that somebody else will be harmed. And why would we want to harm anyone anyway? Sometimes we keep the past alive in our mind because we have guilt and regret and resentment and shame about the shoulda, woulda, couldas. I should have said something. I should have done something. I should never have let them do that. I should never have agreed to that. I should never have gone there. Fundamental feeling about guilt and the guilt for having turned our back on God, having attacked God. And now we fear God and we feel ashamed and guilty, whether we know it or not. And that's ours to heal by being in this partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self. So we're grateful that we can turn it all around by being in this active partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self. Oh, more to come, more to come. Healing the past in the present moment is our topic today. I'm Jennifer Hadley. And you are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and we will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about healing the past in the present moment. So one thing that is helpful to me in terms of self-love, we were talking about that earlier, and understanding that Being willing to work with the Holy Spirit on this, to let go of making this world real, is such an act of great self-love. And all love is self-love because there's only one. It's love of God. It's love of our family. It's love of our friends. If we can give up our strong attachment to the world that we made, We can be free, others can be free, and the pain and the suffering of the whole world can be over. And this is our divine impetus, this is our, this is our work to do. So one thing that has helped me in terms of understanding this, because I used to keep the past alive in my mind, and go over the meaning I made of it again and again and again, and torture myself with it, because that was something that I actively did, I learned that, oh, okay, especially once I had, um, I have a niece and three nephews, and once those little kiddos, who aren't so little kiddos anymore, but they're so precious to me, and I would not ever want to harm them or torture them or tease them or taunt them or hurt them or berate them in any way. And so I realized that, oh, I would never treat them the way I treat myself. I would never speak to them the way I speak to myself because I love and adore them. I will always speak kindly to them and be generous with them. Well, maybe I could do that with myself. So I started to listen to my own dialogue and look at my own habits about resurrecting the past and think, would I do that to someone I loved? So imagine um, 
or think of a child that you really love and adore. Could be grown up now, and you can think of when they were so young and innocent and so precious to you, and you just just adored and loved them so, so precious, so valuable. And would you have woken them up every day and said, let's review the past, let's review your past mistakes and the hurts and the things that were done to you. Let's spend the day doing that. And if you made them do that day after day, oh, come on, and they're like, no, I don't want to. Please, please don't make me. No, we have to, we have to. And you insisted on it day after day, they would submit. If they're children, they would probably, a lot of children would submit eventually. They would realize, oh, this is what life is. They would become inured to it. They would become so used to it. They would just do it. And what would the effect of that be? It would greatly diminish their life force, energy, wouldn't it? It would greatly diminish their capacity to be creative and loving and harmonious and happy and joyful and free. Because you'd be asking them to review the painful past and keep their attention on that. And they would harbor resentment for being made to do that, harbor resentment about the events of the past, and they would continue to make up stories and be more attached to the stories of the past. And more pain and more pain and more pain. And there's no time for playing and being creative and having fun when we're reviewing the painful past again and again. It's no way to live. You wouldn't make someone you live love live that way. You wouldn't. So why do it to yourself? Why? It's because we get so attached to the things that we made because we made them. So, now, in, in this section uh, from chapter 28, number one section, the present memory, paragraph two, it says, All the effects of guilt are here no more, for guilt is over. In its passing went its consequences, left without a cause. Why would you cling to it in memory if you did not desire its effects? So this is the thing is, guilt is of the past and the past is no more. Why would you cling to its memory if you did not desire its effects? So somehow you desire the effects, the diminishment. And it's what I call playing small. We play small. We live a limited life. We don't share fully. We don't love fully because so much energy is invested in holding on to these memories from the past and making them real, keeping them real. But it's optional. We don't have to do it. Totally optional. It says, Remembering is as selective as perception being its past It is perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still were there to see. Memory, like perception, is a skill made up by you to take the place of what God gave in your creation. So when we're living our best life, then we are not living from memory. We're living in the present moment, awake and alive to inspiration. So we don't have to figure out how to get from living in memory to living in inspiration, in spirit, inspired, in spirit. We don't have to figure out how to make that journey. We just have to be willing and give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. It says... 
Memory, like perception, is a skill made up by you to take the place of what God gave in your creation. So God gave us the ability to have divine insight, intuition, knowing, inspiration, and to live from that space. This is God's gift to us. And it says, and like all the things you made, it can be used to serve another purpose and to be the means for something else. It can be used to heal and not to hurt, if you so wish it to be. Now, this was one of the, the prayers that I made when I really decided to forgive everything. I said, Holy Spirit, I am forgiving everything in all directions of time and space. Please make it so and remove from my awareness any and all painful memories of the past. I don't need them anymore. If there's a painful memory or experience that I've had that has been turned to gold, I've learned from it, I have benefit from it, and I can share about it with someone else, then I'll keep that memory. All other memories dissolve and resolve back to the root cause from which they originated. I don't need those memories anymore. And that was a major healing for me. And I kept praying that day after day after day after day to let go of the meaning I made of the past And it was remarkable how much things faded when I was willing to let them go. It was really about me. It was definitely about me. And I realized I am doing this to myself. Yes, there is no outside attacker. It just looks that way. It's an inside job. The Holy Spirit can indeed make use of memory, for God himself is there. Yet this is not a memory of past events, but only of a present state. You are so long accustomed to believe that memory holds only what is past. That is hard, that it is hard for you to realize it is a skill that can remember now. So now is the only moment that there is. Now is the present moment. And so the remembering is happening now. It says the limitations on remembering the world imposes on it are as vast as those you let the world impose on you. There is no link of memory to the past. If you would have it there, then there it is. But only your desire made the link, and only you have held it to a part of time where guilt appears to linger still. So, we can perceive the truth and the wholeness and the freedom right here in this moment. And to do so, we must relinquish our attachment to the past. Those things that seemed so so real and that we have kept real in our mind. The figures in the dream. We can make an offering of them to the Holy Spirit. Use my mind, use my life, my thoughts and my words for the greatest good. Let my life represent a healing presence in this world. The Holy Spirit's use of memory is quite apart from time. He does not seek to use it as a means to keep the past, but rather as a way to let it go. Memory holds the message it receives and does what it is given it to do. It does not write the message nor appoint what it is for. Like to the body, it is purposeless within itself. 
and what it seems to serve to cherish, and if it seems to serve to cherish ancient hate, and gives you pictures of injustices and hurts that you were saving, this is what you asked its message be, and that it is. Committed to its false vaults, the history of all the bodies past is hidden there. All of the strange associations made to keep the past alive, the present dead, are stored within it, waiting your command that they be brought to you and lived again, and thus do their effects appear to be increased by time, which took away their cause. So, you see here, we have the freedom to choose. We are the only ones who can choose. And then a little bit later it says, Time neither takes away nor can restore, and yet you make strange use of it, as if the past had caused the present, which is but a consequence in which no change can be made possible because its cause has gone. So that's it. You will often hear me talking about healing things back to the root cause so we never experience them again. This is one of the main themes of A Course in Miracles, that if you're willing in the present moment now to let go of the attachments to the past, then the causation for what we're experiencing now is dissolved, and therefore what we're experiencing now must shift, you see? So thought produces form, right? So in a, in a very real sense, you, you get what you think about. What you think about, you bring about. And so whether we know it or not, what we're experiencing is an outpicturing of our belief systems. And what's it for? It's for us to recognize our belief systems and choose again, which is the healing of the past that takes place in the present moment. So we can absolutely put the Holy Spirit in charge of this. We're so much better off if we do. We don't have to do it ourselves. There's no extra points for doing it ourselves. In fact, there's only speed healing that can happen when we give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. So the heavy lifting of releasing the attachments to our judgments and opinions, the heavy lifting of figuring out how to have a healing in this very moment. These are the things we can give the heavy lifting of to the Holy Spirit now and forever. So as long as we're clinging to the meaning we made of things, we're not actually learning from our experiences which are designed to help us heal our mind. If we're not learning, we're going to repeat the same errors again and again and again. And that is so painful. So painful. Let's have a healing on those. So we take that healing moment right here and right now, calling upon the Holy Spirit to walk with us and talk with us and to show us where we have an attachment, where there's a sense of pain and suffering, worry and fear, doubt, regret, resentment, jealousy, blame, hurt. It's all the past come back around for us to say, ah, figures in a dream. I don't need to make them real. I'm willing to let them go and share the benefits with everyone because I'm one with them. I'm willing to lay these torturous thoughts on the ground and give them to the Holy Spirit for healing. This is how we can finally have the healing in our mind and harvest the learning and move on. It's amazing how miraculous the healing can be when we're willing. Remember, it says, 
the miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo. So if we're suffering from the past, let's have a miracle to undo. In paragraph 9 of this section, the present memory, it says, What you remember never was. It came from causelessness, which you confused with cause. So, first cause is spirit, it's love, it's peace, it's harmony. And causelessness are our opinions, our judgments. They do seem to cause our misery and our circumstances. Let's return to first cause. Let first cause be the ruler of our mind. Paragraph 6 says, Yet time is but another phase of what does nothing. It works hand in hand with all the other attributes with which you seek to keep concealed the truth about yourself. Time neither takes away nor can restore. And yet you make strange use of it, as if the past had caused the present, which is but a consequence in which no change can be made possible because its cause has gone. So, there's no cause in the world. It's in our mind. And we can give all the causation and all the healing to the Holy Spirit who will remove all the consequences of our wrong decisions if we but let him. This is the promise. This is our divine opportunity. So every memory that comes back to taunt us and to haunt us is that opportunity to have a healing. We're getting triggered so that we'll choose the healing and release the meaning that we made of things in the past. Go. If If you start to look more deeply at everything that you think has caused you a problem and you can willingly see that it's not the things that happened, it's how you hold them in your mind that is causing that sense of separation that is the problem. It's how we hold it in our mind that causes the problem to be experienced. And because of that, we can have miraculous healing. Because all healing is at the level of the mind. It, it's, it's definitely understandable how anyone could say, Oh, I just don't get it. How is it that if I relinquish these thoughts, that my life is going to change, that these circumstances will change, that these situations will change? You can't change the past, but you actually can change your mind about the past because the past isn't happening anymore, the only thing that we have is our thoughts about the past. When we change our mind about the past, we do actually change the past. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. And that's what prayer is for, <laughs> is aligning with the Holy Spirit, changing our mind, And today at Living a Course in Miracles, I have a class on the power of prayer. It's my homework class after the class that James Twyman did yesterday. We're doing the homework class today, and our topic is power of prayer. I invite you to check it out and to join me today in that class. If you haven't already registered for Living a Course in Miracles at livingacourseinmiracles.com, please do so. And also, uh, as I said, we're, we're working on the transcripts. I think next week I will have an announcement for you, uh, that, uh, I think we've, I'm not sure how many transcripts, but quite a few we've already got done for this radio broadcast. And we've also got a bunch of prayers transcribed. And so more and more to come that is transcribed. And uh, we have several projects coming up to make use of those transcripts. And uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, excited about 
producing more resources for people who would love to study these teachings together with other like-minded souls. It's quite a blessing to participate with all of you in this ministry. So let's close us out here with a prayer. The power of prayer active in our heart, in our mind. We're literally clearing away all grievances. Literally clearing them away here and now. And broadcasting the peace, the love, the joy that we already are. So grateful and so thankful to know that our true identity is perfect love. Now and forevermore. So we're letting go of everything we made in order to open ourselves to an awareness of everything that God has made. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.